Hey guys, welcome back to A Woman Podcast. This is season one, episode three. Oh my gosh. And we're going to be talking about what exactly is discipline. I was kind of taking a lot of time trying to pick a topic for this third episode because obviously one and two was more of a two-parter trauma thing. I wanted to do something not trauma this time and more just family science-based. So I was like, oh, what should I do? What should I do? And then it hit me and I was like, discipline. Like every family usually like this is the topic that it's like, what's the best way to parent my kid? And it always comes down to what's the best way to discipline my kid. Not just what's the best thing to teach my kid, what values should I teach my kid, what beliefs, but ultimately how do I discipline my kid so that they know right from wrong a lot of people feel that it's, you know, spanking, timeouts, punishment techniques. Other people feel it's gentle parenting and eye-on-eye, like eye-level reasoning, communication skills, teaching coping skills, things like that. So one of the biggest questions that parents are always asking is, what's the best way to discipline my child? Um, <clears throat> according to a lot of different research websites and articles, One of them being HealthyChildren.org. HealthyChildren.org is funded by the American Academy of Pediatrics. And they say that the 10 healthy discipline strategies that work are positive discipline strategies. So this is what I was saying, how there's positive discipline and negative discipline strategies. People, family scientists usually recommend, or family educators, They recommend that positive discipline strategies are the most effective way to teach children how to manage their behavior and also keep them from harm when while you're trying to promote healthy development a lot of different ways that you can practice this like practice positive discipline strategies is show and tell so like trying to model the behaviors that you would like to see from your child so teaching them right from wrong with like your actions and calm words and modeling the behavior you want to see rather than just telling them and yelling at them and saying stop doing that no don't do this and not really giving like a reason why or ever really showing them before how to behave when like say they're touching a stove obviously you don't want to touch a stove but instead of saying like no don't touch that and making them feel shame for it you could say we don't touch a stove because it'll burn you and it'll hurt you and kind of showing them yourself what happens when you touch a hot stove modeling that behavior is always very important for child development because that's how they learn most of their things during their development is through imitation and modeling setting limits so obviously setting clear boundaries is so easier said than done um a lot of the time i feel like families think they're very clear with their boundaries but it is so easy to step over a child's boundaries and a lot of parents don't realize that we may do this subconsciously or without realizing it but it is showing our kids how to not respect their own boundaries and how to not respect other people's as well So having clear and consistent rules for your children, for them to follow, is really good with discipline because it is sure to explain to them that these rules are needed for a certain reason. 
And if you're explaining it to them in an age-appropriate way that they can understand, then that's all that's really needed. Because once a child understands you, a lot of the time they won't cross that boundary (laughs) anymore. Because if there's a clear understanding as to why we should not be doing something, a lot of the time there will be a clear listening child on the other end. Um, Giving consequences... So consequences don't always have to be negative. A lot of people think that consequences are negative because it's always like the bad thing that happens after you do something wrong. But consequences are the result of any action you have. So giving consequences in a calm and firm way that, in a calm and firm way when your child doesn't behave is so much more beneficial in disciplining your child in a positive way than not giving them consequences in or or instead of not giving any consequences they could just be yelling and very aggressive with the consequences instead so it's either like they're not getting any discipline at all or they're feeling so much shame and fear about something they did either one is not healthy and it's obviously not going to shape your child's development to behave in a functional way Um, So always, always, always calmly and firmly explaining the consequences that will happen when they don't behave before the action happens. So try as best as you can. Whenever, like when I was working in the school, it was always like taught to us that before we transition, we got to go over the schedule and the plan that's happening next. So that if any kids were having issues with transitions or weren't sure what was going on, we were making sure to remind them. Um, It's kind of the same thing because if you say you are taking your child to the mall and you know that they have issues with hiding and running but you don't clearly state to them before going into the mall, this is what's going to happen if you hide and run away from me while we are shopping in the mall. And this is why it's gonna happen because hiding and running in the mall is dangerous and not safe. If you didn't do that and then you just immediately gave them a consequence that was negative because you knew this was gonna happen, that they had this behavior and you didn't set a clear consequence with them beforehand, I feel like it's kind of unfair at times to be very harsh with them after the behavior happens when they were not told (laughs) ahead of time what the expectation was. Um, So that always helps, but you know, sometimes we don't know that a behavior is going to happen and it just happens. And in those cases, you need to be able to just be prepared to follow through right away in either case. Even if it was not made clear to them beforehand, you need to stop what you're doing and pause, take a step back, pull your child to the side and say, hey, we cannot do this. This is why. And because we did this, even though you didn't know, this is the consequence we're going to get. And this is the consequence we're going to get every time that this behavior happens again. That is still explaining to them in a calm and firm way the consequences of what will happen when they don't behave. So this is all a positive way to handle that rather than making your child feel shame or blamed or fear because of something that they did that they didn't know they shouldn't do. Remember that children are still learning. Things that we think are very common sense and clear cut, like manners behaving in a 
public setting compared to at home, that's not clear to a child. They're still learning that. And as your parent, you have to be able to calmly and firmly explain these things to them without making them feel shame. Always, always, always hearing them out. Listening, like actual active listening is important. Not just listening and waiting to give a response, but actually listening to the words that are being said to you. Letting your child finish their story before helping them solve the problem. So watching for times when misbehavior has a pattern. Like I said earlier, if you know your child has an issue with running, um, or if your child has an issue with feeling jealous, talk with your child about this rather than just immediately giving a consequence. So obviously the thing keeps reoccurring. We should definitely always give a consequence, but you can hear somebody out and also give a consequence, but it's always more important to talk to your child first about why they behaved the way they behaved before giving a consequence. A lot of the time too, depending on what the root problem of the behavior is, that could also shape the consequence you give. So we want to be careful as parents not to jump the gun per se and immediately go to a consequence without hearing them out first. Giving your child your full attention. The most powerful tool for effective positive discipline is attention. Attention always, always, always reinforces behaviors. So if you are giving attention to a good behavior, then you are promoting that behavior to happen more often and vice versa with a negative behavior. If you're giving attention to a negative behavior, then you are going to continue reinforcing that negative behavior. All children want is their parents' attention at the end of the day. So do not undermine the importance of your attention to your child because things that you think they're not even picking up on, I swear to you, they are. Try and catch them being good more than being bad, so it's always easy for us as human beings to notice the negative things first. Our brains are naturally wired to think negatively before we think positively, Um, and that's why a lot of people, why we have mental health services and so much more research done today even, is because it's seen now that it's so common and so normal for everybody to kind of feel more negative than positive. And because of that, we have to learn how to have coping skills, how to take a step back in certain situations when we're in a negative thought loop and counter it with a positive one. It takes a lot of effort, takes a lot of conscious awareness, takes a lot of time. And the same thing goes for children. And if we are always, as parents, noticing the misbehaviors and pointing those out and not paying as much attention to the positive behaviors, then our child is also going to pay more attention to the negative behaviors. They're going to notice that they don't get as much praise for when they do something good or as much attention for when they do something good as they do when they do something bad. So trying to weigh that out by catching them being good more often and acknowledging when they do something good compared to when they do something bad. Noticing good behavior and pointing it out, praising it and giving them like success and being specific too, like, wow, you did a really good job putting that specific toy away or wow, you did a really good job getting ready for school today. Something like that. And then on the vice versa, knowing when not to respond 
As long as your child isn't doing something dangerous or harmful to other people or themselves um, and gets plenty of attention for good behavior, ignoring bad behavior can be an effective way of stopping it. Ignoring bad behavior can also teach children natural consequences. Um, for example, if your child keeps dropping her cookies on purpose and then like stepping on them and then just like walking away and not caring, like, I don't know about you, but a lot of two and three year olds do that. They're just very destructive and like they will just drop stuff or throw stuff on the floor and not really <laughs> have any reaction or care to it. So <clears throat> if your child keeps saying dropping her cookies on purpose and then stepping on them and making a mess and not caring, she will soon have no more cookies left to eat. If you think of it like that, rather than always making sure every single time to counter the behavior, because then if you think about it, it's good to teach them not to do that. But if you do it every single time, it's also giving them attention to the behavior every single time, which can also be reinforcing. So it's kind of a double-edged sword and you kind of have to be very aware, like on your toes all the time what's the best response to give and knowing when not to respond so if you know that she's gonna run out of cookies after doing this and then there's not gonna be any left to eat then that's the natural consequence of her actions and then you know if she's upset because she has nothing left to eat we can always get more food but we're not getting more cookies you know what i mean or if she throws and breaks her toys then she's not going to be able to play with it. It's going to be broken. We're not going to buy a new toy or go get a new toy if we're going to break them. You know? Naturalistic teaching is very productive. We don't always have to be searching for compliance and being such an authoritarian figure. We can be an authoritative figure and we can still use natural teaching to give our kids a proper positive sense of how to behave and this is part of positive discipline techniques being prepared for trouble always planning ahead for situations when your child might have trouble behaving even if it's something that happened once if it's happened it could happen again so prepare them for upcoming activities and how you want them to behave if a child is prepared for something and has been talked to about something ahead of time, saying with setting the clear expectations ahead of time that we talked about earlier, they'll be more prepared and you will be too. You know what I mean? It's not just preparing them, but it's also preparing you for if a behavior happens. <laughs> so if something happens, it could happen again. Just always keep that in mind. Redirecting bad behavior. Sometimes children misbehave because they are bored or they don't know how to express their emotions or they don't know any better or they don't understand how to express what is wrong verbally. Some children are nonverbal and can't do that at all. So finding something else for your child to do and simply distracting them per se or just giving them a redirection from the bad behavior is sometimes what is needed. And a lot of the time when you're that dysregulated, you can't do the work to get regulated until you are redirected. There's no way you're going to be able to start figuring out what's going on or talking to somebody if you're screaming and crying and that upset. It's just not possible. Lastly, calling a timeout. 
A timeout is a punishment technique, but it can be useful when a specific rule is broken. It works best by warning the child that there will be a timeout if they don't stop the certain behavior or reminding them what they did wrong in a few words and with as little emotion as possible. Removing them from the situation for a preset length of time. The general rule of thumb is a minute per year of age. With children who are like three years old then, you could try letting them lead their own timeout instead of setting a timer, but that's up to you. Um, you could just say go to timeout and come back when you feel ready and in control. The timeout strategy can help the child learn and practice self-management skills, and it also works well for older children and teens. It's okay to take a pause. This is actually a good coping skill to have, taking a pause or taking a step back to calm down, to regulate and reevaluate so that again, as we said before, we are able to actually do the work to start processing the behavior. So timeouts can be a good thing. Um, I think sometimes, I think it depends on the way it's led, ultimately. Um, a timeout could be something that is very punishment-based if done the wrong way. Just like thinking chairs in schools are supposed to just be that, just a moment in peace by yourself to just regulate and think about what happened. Um, but I have seen teachers turn this into a kind of public shame chair and just make it more of a timeout chair. And I've even seen a specific teacher make it a timeout chair in front of the whole class. So it's just... These things can very easily get manipulated, and I think it's important to realize that a timeout can be manipulated into a punishment technique, um, but it also can be something very useful and beneficial and a good coping skill to teach your kid if it's done in that way. Negative discipline is something that a lot of people or a lot of parents now at least from when, you know, like my parents' generation, so parents of like the millennials and 20-year-olds, they tend to think because that's just kind of how things were then, um, that was mental health research wasn't where it was now, family science wasn't where it was now. So a lot of people thought that things like corporal punishment, spanking, harsh words were the correct way to discipline. These are negative discipline techniques, and they're actually very harmful and don't work. Um, it's important to focus on teaching good behavior rather than punishing bad behavior for all the reasons we said above, and research shows that spanking, slapping, and other forms of physical punishment don't work well to correct a child's behavior. The same holds true for yelling at or shaming a child. Um, beyond being ineffective, harsh physical and verbal punishments can also damage a child's long-term physical and mental health. Um, at the end of the day, spanking's an unhealthy cycle. Um, instead of teaching responsibility and self-control, spanking often increases aggression and anger, and it typically causes children to end up rebelling or misbehaving more or to end up just feeling that sense of shame or fear towards their parent and none of that is healthy that's all very negative um so again that's not really the most positive way to discipline your kid 
Um, a study of children born in 20 large U.S. cities found that families who used physical punishment got caught in a negative cycle. The more children were spanked, the more they later misbehaved, which prompted more spankings in response. Spanking's effects may also be felt beyond the parent-child relationship because it teaches that causing someone pain is okay if you're frustrated, even with those you love. Children who are spanked may be more likely to hit others when they don't get what they want. Lasting marks, physical punishment increases the risk of injury, especially in children under 18 months of age, and may leave other measurable marks the other thing with corporal punishment is it leaves lasting marks. Physical punishment increases the risk of injury, especially in children under 18 months of age, and may leave other measurable marks on the brain and body. Children who are spanked show higher levels of hormones tied to toxic stress, and physical punishment may also affect brain development. One study found that young adults who were spanked repeatedly had less gray matter, the part of the brain involved with your self-control, and performed lower on IQ tests as young adults than the control group. All of that being said, I want to talk about the possible reasons for misbehavior. Um, children misbehave for many reasons. Again, like I said earlier, they are too young to know that their actions are unacceptable. They're, anybody under the year 18 is a child. They are developing. They are still learning. Even as a teen, there are things they have not learned and experienced yet and things that they are still underdeveloped and immature in. And it is our job as a parent or as an educator or as a guardian or a provider to show them these things in a positive, disciplined way. Um, understanding that honestly a six-year-old may really really not understand what you are trying to tell them or why you are upset with them just having that self-awareness is going to naturally start making it easier for you to practice as a parent this understanding that they are too young to know that their actions are unacceptable if you have this awareness you will start being able to more naturally in your day-to-day -day life parenting to be able to know and think about this before you react other times children misbehave because they are frustrated angry or upset and have no other reasonable way to express their feelings so if you think about really really younger kids in this baby toddlerhood early school age they are still developing their verbal language that part of the brain is actually still underdeveloped and doesn't start kicking into gear until they get older and that's why it's very important to start teaching language development during the early school and preschool ages because that's when they start if you don't start teaching it then you can start delaying the language development as they get older that age span is specifically like their brains are like sponges they just take in everything so teaching all of those core things at the early school age is really important for that children can misbehave because they are stressed by major changes such as a family breakup a new sibling or starting school 
These things can eventually manifest into small t traumas if we as parents do not understand how to teach children how to go through these new transitions. Um, they could be misbehaving because they are not getting your attention and they want to misbehave because that's when they do get your attention. They could be misbehaving because they feel you have been unfair and want to punish you for it. Um, so a feeling of spite. Um, children misbehave because they need a greater degree of independence and feel constricted and restrained. So, so just some like food for thought to start understanding your child's ability to understand. Disciplining a child means teaching your child what is acceptable behavior. We've repeated this throughout the whole episode. A child's intellectual ability develops over time, and it is important to match the discipline of your child with your child's capacity to understand things. A very young child, such as a baby, has no comprehension of right and wrong, and a lot of parents, believe it or not, think that they do. And will end up disciplining their kids in a way that I I would say could be mistreatment for their developmental stage. Children under three, for example, do not misbehave. Let, let's just go for a perspective change real quick. Children under three do not misbehave. They have needs that they want met, such as hunger and thirst. They cannot yet respond to consequences by changing behavior, and so they need to be told the same message over and over again. For example, put your hat on in the sun. When they continue to go out in the sun without their hats, they are not disobedient. They just cannot remember. And I see a lot of parents using that verbal abuse method, the yelling and shaming, for things that are continuing to happen over and over and instead of having this perspective they think that they do understand and that they're doing it on purpose so they start punishing them in those negative disciplinary ways and it's important to remember that these kids just cannot remember they don't remember they don't understand they have needs that need met and they don't know how to express it it's usually one of those things. It's not because they understand and they're doing it on purpose. So you can end up mistreating your child or verbally abusing your child for something that is honestly a misunderstanding on the parent's part. So try to explain things to your child in a way that matches their development level and remember to also lower yourself to their physical level Children act out their feelings through their behavior, so it is important to understand the feelings behind the behavior, and if you know the reasons for your child's misbehavior or feelings, you can start helping them solve the underlying root problems. Lastly, routines help a child learn. Children learn how to behave by copying the adults around them, and they thrive when they know what is expected of them, and their day has a similar pattern to it. 
Children feel safe when they know the order of events and can predict what will happen next. This is the same with reaction to children's behavior. The child needs to know what the adult's reaction will be and that it will be fair and consistent. So some possible suggestions are to tell or show your child the behavior you do want rather than punishing them for the behavior you don't want. We've said that already a ton. Clearly explaining the preferred behavior and making sure your child understands what you expect of them. We've said that a ton. If you are amused by your child's naughty behavior, try not to show it on your face or else your child might think you approve. We haven't addressed that. And I will say this is very important to remember because of the modeling and imitation skills that they need and use to learn behaviors. Um, I'm very guilty of this. I'm very bad at laughing at naughty behavior from children and this ends up always biting me in the butt per se because then they end up doing it more and then I have to try and explain why we shouldn't be doing it and then they don't understand because I was laughing and it's just try and just remain not emotional <laughs> during those times. Children thrive under consistent routines, but they can handle the occasional change, and it's okay to start teaching this. Try and do this by eating meals at the table most of the time with the occasional treat of eating in front of the TV, or some other form of breaking a consistent routine occasionally. Maybe make it a positive reinforcement or a positive reward for when something good happens. So maybe if they're struggling with a behavior at school, working with the teacher and your child together to say, hey, you need to do this and this and this in school to earn this. And maybe that can be some sort of break in your consistent routine like this. Um, making sure that you're expecting, that you're not expecting, sorry, too much from a young child. Always making sure that you're not expecting too much from a young child. For example, it is normal for young toddlers to make a mess when they are eating because motor control and table manners take time to master. And toddlers' motor skills are very, very poor, realistically. That's one of the things that they're developing in their skills during that stage. Young children are also unable to sit at the table for long periods of time and often need to eat much earlier than the family is used to having their evening meal. So keep it in mind that like down to the physical functions of your child, they are different from yours, obviously. So we need to adjust to that um, and making sure that we're not expecting too much. If you must make a threat, make sure that they are reasonable and that you carry them out. Generally, threats show our frustration as parents or carers and are not a positive way to encourage the behavior we want in children. So try and stay away from that. Um, they also instill a sense of fear and obviously that's not really something you want in your parent-child relationship. Ask your child to be involved in making some of the rules for the family because believe it or not, giving your child a sense of say, I guess, in the decision making process or in the disciplinary process will actually help them probably behave and follow it better. It will make them feel like they have more independence in it and they have more of a decision in the decision making process. 
So, all of this being said, these are like the basic do's and don'ts of disciplining your child. And the common mistake that a lot of parents make that psychologically damages kids is that is that parents often start out reasoning but then start escalating to something a little bit more like shouting, touching, firmly dragging their child even if they're well-intentioned. And even wonderful gentle punishments like a timeout or reasoning doesn't always work. These things can cause resentment, they can cause psychological damage, and they can encourage self-centered behavior or dishonesty, and it prevents them from developing their inner moral compass. Raising good humans without punishing them is by sending boundaries without the punishments or sorry the key to raising good humans without punishing them is to communicate with your children and help them understand why their behavior is unacceptable communication is key and i know a lot of parents feel like their children is kind of like a step below that and that they can't like have level-headed communication with their children but again if you make it age appropriate you can if you get on their eye level you can you can always communicate with an individual no matter the age or the barrier um we need to be able to help them understand and this is the only way how so we have to go through that awareness and we have to go through that conscious effort of doing this but we do have to be careful to consider the words we use and how we use them. So let's say like your kid just met, left a messy pile of toys all over the living room floor after you both agreed that she would pick them up after playing with them. So here are some things not to say because they're common and they do harm your child. Pick these up right now. I don't want you leaving a mess like that again. This seems very much like not harmful but when children are given an order they're more likely to resist being told what to do like imagine how you'd feel if you were given an avalanche of orders every day it can get pretty overwhelming and you would get resentful another thing not to say is if you don't pick these up immediately i'm going to take away your screen time this is a threat and threats cause a similar resistance they can make a child feel coerced and manipulated, which is unethical. Honestly, it's unethical. And while it may work in the moment, it's still likely to cause resentment and make them less likely to cooperate in the future. Lastly, you should know better. Blaming is a put-down, and it can easily cause children to feel guilty, unloved, and rejected. Things that you don't even think are a blameful statement could be. So again, always, always, always being aware of your words and your actions around your children is key. Communication is key. Even worse, blaming prevents you from developing a positive relationship with your child. You are going to set yourself up for long-term issues within your parent-child relationship. You're going to cause long-term 
um, obstacles between the two of you. So instead, invite your kid to make changes from the inside out. Gently, without exhibiting any signs of anger, explain how their unacceptable behavior makes you feel. Start trying to build that sense of empathy so that they can start thinking outside of themselves. And always start with the word I instead of using you statements. You statements are naturally blameful and cause defensiveness. So starting with the word I to explain how you feel by an action they did is always more empathetic and beneficial to teach your kid. For example, I feel disappointed when I see this big mess rather than saying clean up this mess right now or I'm going to take away your screen time. You see the difference? It's just a lot more healthy and it's still discipline, except it's positive discipline, not negative. So what exactly is discipline? Discipline is positive and negative. It can be abusive and maltreating and it can also be very positive and beneficial and a form of teaching um, instead of complying. So I want to say what is discipline? Discipline is a double-edged sword. Discipline is a behavior management technique that parents use and need to use to teach their children right from wrong and how to behave and misbehave. Or not how to misbehave, but how not to misbehave. And because of that, as is a double-edged sword, the person that wields it ultimately is the one that depicts the results or the damage or possible not damage. So I think that discipline is something that can be very harmful and it can also be very beneficial. I think that for a lot of parents to think that discipline is so clear cut because of what they were taught from their parents is could, not is, could be very toxic to their own children and could possibly be a form of generational trauma if left unchecked or at least not being aware of it. So always making sure to try and be self-aware of yourself and your feelings on top of what your child may be feeling. Remembering that they just don't understand and they could just need some needs met Um, or they just need someone to hear them out and talk to them. Always remembering that communication is key when it comes to discipline and that compliance is not, and that compliance can be very counterproductive in the long run to your child's mental and physical health. So if you think or feel that any of these negative discipline strategies are something you have been using, always understand that it is okay don't blame yourself um as i said you can a lot of the time negative discipline techniques are practiced by parents because they are also practiced internally with themselves and if you are being blameful towards yourself you're more likely to be blameful towards somebody else and i believe that truly with any topic so don't be negative and harsh on yourself. Understand that it is a mistake and that you can change it. This information is how you can change it. But just try and reevaluate. Do that timeout process we talked about. Take a step back, evaluate your actions, evaluate your emotions, your thoughts, and then come back to your child and work it out.
that's always the best thing to do because communication really, really is key. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I will put all the resources that I referenced as always in the description. Follow my Instagram, follow my YouTube. There's episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed learning with me as always and I will see you at the next episode.